Hey fam, thank you so much for tuning in to my new Faith on the Journey series called Conversations with Jocelyn. I hope this show is a blessing to you. And if it is, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to this channel and leave a review. Let's get the word out there about this show and help other people that you care about find healing on their journey. Hello, family, and welcome to Conversations with Jocelyn, a new show that allows for me to connect with you, my community, on a deeper level, for us to share our stories, for you to get to know a little bit more about me and in my process of removing the mask, and for us to explore different areas in our lives where we need healing together. And I use the word together intentionally because I never want you to, to believe or be think that I am in this place in my walk and my journey where I don't have issues that I struggle with when it comes to matters of the heart. That's the funny thing. I, I have a lot of friends who I work with who are in the mental health and counseling field. And one thing that I've learned is that we all have the same struggles when it comes to heartache. But when we do encounter these struggles, the question becomes, what do we do? Where do we turn? Where do we find community? Where do we find answers? And, and I want you to know throughout this show that you'll see that we can find these answers to our questions. We can find a road to healing by using and turning to the word of God. And that's what we're going to do together. And for this month, I wanted to focus on the topic of healing from heartbreak. And I know it being the month of February, people automatically think of Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day can actually be a trigger for some of us. It's kind of like putting salt into an open wound and it, it can sting a little bit. And if that's you, hold on, we gonna go down your street in a little bit. But I also want you to know that heartbreak is not just limited to romantic heartbreak. Heartbreak is really any experience that we have that causes a severe emotional wound, right? And some of us, we've experienced heartbreak so many years ago. This stuff can trace back to childhood, to, to moments in our lives where our, our family or our parents weren't there for us when we needed them. Like that parent who we just craved their love and attention and they were just disconnected from us emotionally or they chose to walk out the door on our family. Or this could be related to a parent who just had some love affair with drugs and alcohol and they, they ended up just falling into that and they just weren't able to be there for us emotionally. That can leave a heart wound in our lives. Similarly speaking, we could have, have found ourselves having a major heart wound because of someone like a friend or a pastor or a business partner who we thought we were on the same team together. And we find out we ain't even playing the same game and they betray us, leaving a major heart wound in our lives. Or maybe we had a dream, a dream of having children one day, a, a dream of having our business to, you know, go to a certain level or a dream to have this home. And all of a sudden something happens, COVID happens, whatever happens that causes this dream to suddenly fade away. And our heart is broken because we all, we all know what it feels like to have our heart broken. But how do we heal from that? So these are the conversations that we're going to have together. And we're going to start by explore, exploring a story in the Bible. We're going to go to Genesis 16. And we're talking about the story of Hagar. 
And this text is a familiar text. This is a, a family that is very well known. We're talking about the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, the Abraham who had descendants that numbered the stars and was in the uh, uh, faith hall of fame in Hebrews, that Abraham. And so Hagar was a servant of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Abraham at the time was known as Abram and Sarah was known as Sarai, but all the same. And they came from the same household. And so you would think that Hagar being a servant of this great man, she would have it easy, but she didn't. She was given a tough hand because at the time, Sarai and Abram, they were trying to have children and they couldn't. And they had a promise from God. God promised them, you know, that they were going to have children one day. But Sarah was kind of like, look at here. I know how old I am and it don't seem like nothing's coming up out of here. So we're going to have to fix this. And so she she went to her husband, Abram, like, babe, you know, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and sleep with my maid servant, Hagar. And once you have, you know, a child with her, that's going to be my child. And this sounded smart somehow to them at the time. But actually, culturally, it was acceptable at that time. See, back in the day, when a woman was married and she couldn't give her husband a child, she was shamed for that. And so it was a common custom for the woman to allow the maidservant to sleep with the husband, bear child, and then she claims that child as hers. That was common. But let me just say this, just because something is common and just because something is culturally acceptable doesn't mean it's right. There's a lot of things that have been culturally acceptable over the years that is not right. It was culturally acceptable for African-Americans to be discriminated against. It was culturally acceptable to keep women you know, out of certain positions. There's a lot of things that are culturally acceptable. It's culturally acceptable today, for example, for couples to uh, be living together 10 years, doing everything that married couples will do, but they don't get married. They don't choose to fall under that marriage covenant. It's socially acceptable, but is it right? So we have to, we can't just always go off of what was culturally acceptable. So Hagar found herself in a peculiar situation because I'm pretty sure she wasn't asked if hey, do you want to do this? But she was a servant. So she probably did not have voice in that situation to say, I don't want to do this. And so she found herself pregnant. The, the, the plan was played out. She was pregnant. And they said that she despised Sarah. So she despised her, you know, her owner, if you will. And I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to Hagar to ask why she was upset. But, you know, when you, you start thinking about the situation, it was fairly complicated. I mean, they were pretty much saying, hey, I'm, I want to use your body to give us what we want. And then she's going to carry this child for nine months, do all the hard work for bearing that child, and then another woman gets the credit for it. Mm, wait a minute, I would feel some type of way about that. I mean, I, I'm just going to talk to my ladies for just a second because I know you might understand, you might have been in situations in the past where you put in all the hard work and it's a relationship. You help a man when he didn't have anything, help him get off the ground. And then all of a sudden, once he's doing his thing, he leaves you for another woman and she gets the benefit from all that good stuff. You might feel some type of way about that, 
right? Or maybe you know how it feels to be Hagar where you feel like you are the other woman. And obviously he's not going to leave his wife, but you feel used because, wait, I didn't sign up for this. You asked me. And so I'm just assuming for one moment that Hagar felt heartbroken about this situation. She didn't like this situation. And so we fast forward. She starts looking at Sarah kind of crazy. She despises Sarah. And Sarah goes to Abraham and is like, wait a minute. She's she's acting. She's not acting right. I don't like this. And so Abraham's like, this is this was your plan. I'm not in it. And so he says, treat her however you choose to treat her. And Sarah did. She started treating Hagar wrong. And Hagar's like, what? Wait a minute. So again, this is something that I did not ask to do. And now I'm bearing your child and you're going to let her treat me like this. So Hagar, I'm assuming I wasn't there, but if I was her, I would feel heartbroken and used. And so instead of staying in the situation, Hagar was like, you know what? I'm out. Mamba out. Like rest in peace, Kobe. But she said, I'm leaving the situation. And you know what? I think we all can relate to that at some point in our lives where it was just toxic. I mean, we had a, a, a family situation, a relationship, whatever it was, where we was like, you know what? I cannot be in this situation anymore. My heart is broken. I've been mistreated. I've been abused. I am not going back to that. I am leaving. But when we leave, we think that we could just go somewhere on the map, go as far away as we can and get away from the situation. We can even move across the country, pack our bags, right? But no, when we leave, we're not leaving the, the, the pain behind. We're not leaving the heartbreak behind. No, what we're doing is we're packing that emotional baggage with us. We just putting all those emotional ba bags in there. And we just saying, okay, all this hurt, I'm just going to carry it with me like Southwest Airlines. We're just carrying it with us, carrying all these, all these extra bags. And when it comes with us, it's heavy. And it costs more damage than we would ever know. And let me tell you, I know that from personal experience, okay? I've had some, <laughs> some serious, serious heartbreak in some relationships. I think back to when I was uh, in college, uh, let me let me go back a little bit more. We, we're just going to have a conversation about this. I, I remember I was a tomboy growing up. Those who know me know I used to love playing basketball with the boys. I'd be out there and I just I really didn't date in high school. But when I got into college, that's when I really began to explore my femininity and, you know, just feeling, you know, beautiful and going out and going, you know, to Big Ten school and all the guys are giving you attention and everything. And I remember I was 18 and this guy came up to me and he was 24 and he had all the good words. He was saying all that good stuff. And we started dating and I was very naive, very innocent. And sure enough, he talked all that good game and got me in the bed, got me in them sheets, lost my little virginity and was wide eyed open over this guy, not realizing that he was dogging me out. He was playing me. 
for a fool. And but I was stuck. I was emotionally stuck on this guy. Right. Even though he was treating me like trash and all my girlfriends were like, girl, he cheating on you. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, he's not. And I'm finding myself outside of this man's house in the middle of the night looking in his window. Can somebody say crazy? Uh, has anybody had somebody who had them going crazy? I was going crazy. Right. So I'm outside this man's house and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I deserve better than this. But at the time, he had broke me down so much that my self-esteem was just in the tubes. And so it took me a long time to break that soul tie. And that's the thing we don't realize. There are connections in the spirit that happen when you are sexually involved with somebody. And so it once I finally broke that soul tie, the, the trauma didn't end there because I found myself getting back into other unhealthy relationships with men. I had a traumatic breakup that took place in my early 20s when I first got out of college. And then that rolled into another relationship where a man just continued to cheat many times over after me forgiving him. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, do men, are men faithful? Like, do they know how to just, just keep one woman? What's going on? And so eventually my heart got to the point where it was so callous. It was so hardened that when I did finally meet a good man of God, I didn't even know how to act. I did not know how to let that man in. It was like Fort Knox over here. And so he wanted to love me, but I was so scared to get hurt again. I was not letting that brother in and he felt it. And what happens when when we don't deal with our junk, when we carrying this emotional baggage that I've been telling you about, then we end up sabotaging the people who really want to love us because we so broken inside. And so we have to deal with that baggage or else we end up being like that old song, my song from the 90s, back lady, you gonna hurt your back. Y'all know that. Y'all know that song, Erica Bobby, right? We don't want to be carrying them bags because it's heavy. And when we carry those bags, it's going to manifest in so many other ways that we're not even aware of. You get those track shoes and you start running, running from things. You start self-sabotaging in other areas of your life. You start coping with overeating, shopping your pain away. You, I mean, Botoxing your way away, whatever. You start covering up all the pain that you have inside. And that's something that we have to learn that we can't run from our pain. We have to deal with it. And so Hagar had a moment. She had a moment where she was out there. She had ran and God sent an angel to her. And when God sent that angel to her, God didn't say what she probably wanted to hear because the angel told her that I need you to go back. I see you, but I need you to go back. And I'm, I'm going to read from the text because I, I think the exact wording is so important for us to, to really hit on. It said, the angel said, I need you to submit. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. And I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Now, at first I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. You want to go back and submit uh, to, to, to Sarah. And I, I, I'm I, not saying this to someone to say that you need to physically go back into a unhealthy, toxic relationship, right? In Hagar's case, 
he was saying, we need you to physically go back. And that's an act of obedience for Hagar's situation. For your situation, it might be, I need you to go back emotionally and deal with some unfinished business from your past. I need you to go back and handle that. The thing that happened to you that has you stuck right now, I need you to go back and deal with that open heart wound because it's affecting every other area of your life. And so where in your life, this is the question, where in your life may God be calling you to look back, to deal with the stuff that you have been running from for so many years? And so in that, God was saying, I need you to be obedient. And in doing so, by you going back and being obedient, he said, I will increase your descendants that it will be too numerous to count. And so these are some lessons that we can learn. First of all, in this situation, Hagar responded by saying, you are the God who sees me. And I want you to know that you might have had some horrible things that have happened to you. You might have been running because you felt like you had to because no one has seen you. People have ignored the writing on the wall. People have not listened to you. You feel like you have no voice. But I want you to know that God is the God that sees you. Just like they saw Hagar that day. And in doing so, God is saying, I need you to be obedient to me. I need you to go back. And in, and, and in Hagar's situation, when she went back, he was really saying, submit to Sarah. In our case, I'm saying to you, if someone's done you wrong, if somebody's just mistreated you, cheated on you, left you, did whatever, if someone abandoned you, you're just angry. What this is really telling us, what we can learn from this is, I need you, God needs us to still act right. And by that, we don't get the excuse. We don't have the excuse to sin, to act out of character just because someone does us wrong. God still expects for us to hold on to our principles, choose him to remain holy, even in situations when someone else has done us wrong. Now, this does not mean that we allow someone to just you know, treat us, abuse us, but we still can't allow someone to change us and who we are. We can't choose to sin when we're angry. And so that's something that we can learn from this situation. But the, the last thing is that I think is so beautiful is that even when we're rejected, mistreated, taken for granted, is only God who is able to take a terrible situation like this and still elevate you in a way that gives God glory. Because we see that Hagar has promised descendants for generations to come. And for you, we don't know what God can do out of your painful situation. We don't know how God can transform whatever you just said. I just want to leave that behind and be able to use that for good. That's the type of God that we serve. And so let us learn from that, that the, the story does not end there. And, and I don't want to diminish whatever you've gone through, but let's, let's remember that God is with us when it comes to whatever our circumstances is. And God wants us to experience his healing. And so 
we're going to stop there for this portion of the segment um, and continue on this teaching next week. But I, I actually wanted to have some time to hear some questions from you all. Um, and here's, here's the beautiful thing. This is an opportunity for us to interact together. So if you want to submit a question, I'm going to bring this up for you. Just send your questions to info at faithonthejourney.org. And I want to be able to answer those for you on this broadcast. And so we'll hit this over the course of several weeks. Sometimes I'll only be able to hit on a couple questions, but please send those in. And if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe uh, on our, our website at faithonthejourney.org. I'll send you different uh, resources, tools, devotionals to help you on your healing journey. So the question, one of the first questions I want to uh, answer today is, how do you know if you have totally healed from a horrible breakup and are ready to get back into a relationship? Who? This is a tough one because the healing process looks different for everyone. Uh, if you were intimate with the person, were you were you married to this person? Um, were you in relationship with this individual for several years? Was the the breakup traumatic? All these different factors can can change how long it takes for someone to uh, to be able to heal from an experience. But regardless of what took place or how the breakup you know occurred, one thing that I will say is consistent is that we all need to allow ourselves time to grieve. And you've all heard me talk about this before, that we are a society that is so adverse to grief. We run from it. And this is something that grief is nothing to be, you know, avoided. This is something that's a reflection of us loving something that we lost. And we, we need to give ourselves that time to feel. And so I'm going to hit on a couple points. And I am actually adopting this from a gentleman named Dr. Alan Wolfett, who he focuses on providing grief counseling. And he says one of the first steps when it comes to grief is just acknowledging the loss. You know, sometimes when we get, you know, in a break, we have a breakup, we don't even want to acknowledge it. We just, we don't want to acknowledge the reality of the pain. We just like, nope, I'm good. They like, how you doing? I'm fine. You know, I'm moving on. I'm just, you know, staying busy and doing all this other stuff because we don't want to actually feel or sit in the pain and say, you know what, that hurts. It's okay. It's okay, good church people to say, I'm not okay. It's okay to say, I'm struggling with this right now and I need some time. That's not a reflection of you not having faith. That just means you're human and you need time. So acknowledging the reality of the grief is one of the first things that we can do if we've experienced heartbreak. Uh, another thing that we can do is em embrace the actual pain. So that means feel it allow ourselves to feel it. And, and by that, even allowing those tears to flow. That's another thing that many of us struggle with when we cry. And I've done this many times when I start crying, I apologize to people like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't need to apologize for those tears. Tears is something about it that it literally releases dopamine. It allows us to have this feeling of release. And so we're not, we're not holding it inside. And so feeling the pain, and then understanding that we don't have to carry this burden by ourselves. We can allow God, God wants to come in and help us carry these burdens so that we don't feel overwhelmed by the pain, but we do have to allow ourselves to feel it. We do have to acknowledge that that pain is there. And in doing so, then that can begin to allow us to take steps forward to heal from that loss. The next thing that we also have to do is 
reassess our identity. And this is a tough one, uh, especially if we've experienced a loss um, of any kind that was uh, significant um, in terms of how long we might have been in a relationship with someone. Say we were married and I'm, I'm used to being considered uh, this this person's wife or husband, or you're used to being considered um, if you if you lost a child, for example, used to being that that child's mother or father that has become a piece of what you've considered your identity and not having that anymore can be earth shattering. You know, and so sometimes you can feel like you don't even know who you are anymore. I'm someone who I might be an artist. I might be a singer. I might be a ministry leader. I might be whatever. But above all of that, I am a child of God. Understanding who you get your identity and understanding who you are is going to be something that you're going to have to really work through when you experience a major loss and being able to see who like what makes you what are the gifts that you have outside of that relationship? Because this I've seen this happen many times before with individuals who might have been in abusive relationships or unhealthy relationships. They had to give up everything that they used to do before um, getting into that relationship because that person isolated them. So they forgot that they used to dance, sing, hang out with friends, and they have to re like recreate this new reality, this new identity. And so that's the process. And that's something that healthy relationships, friends, your pastor, people can help you to kind of you know reassess and, and to see who you really are when you're dealing with that. Searching for meaning is another thing when you're grieving a major loss. Um, just seeing the lessons that are learned because sometimes heartbreak is not the result of a, a terrible breakup. Um, it could be the result of like an unfortunate death or it could be like your heart is broken because you needed to end that relationship, but it wasn't traumatic. It was just, it didn't work out. And you can say, okay, what are some things that I learned from that? What are some things that I can take from that relationship? And even though it's hard, like searching for meaning and how God can still be in the midst of that is something that can help us to move forward. And lastly, and I'll, I can't say this enough, receiving support from other people. We cannot go at this alone. When you are dealing with heartbreak, don't isolate yourself. Yes, you need some time to grieve by yourself. That is true. But sometimes we need other people to help us, to help us to say, girl, I got, I got the tissue. I got, I'm bringing the ice cream. We're going to have a movie night. I'm going to get you out these pajamas because you stink. I need you to get it together. We, we need people in our lives to help us to move forward when we're really struggling. And so those are some things that you can, you know, can work through and think about if you're really grieving a major loss. Another thing that I know people struggle with and, and they, they're trying to figure out they're ready to get into a new relationship, but they don't have closure. Closure is a big one for so many of us. We're like saying, we have all these questions, right? We're like, wait, like, how did this happen? Why didn't I see this? Or sometimes we, we're seeking an apology from that person that we, we know they did us wrong and they never apologized for it. And we're waiting for that apology. And we feel like we can't have closure until we have that. And we're going to address the apology thing in an upcoming episode. So I'm going I'm to stick a pin in that for right now. But sometimes we feel like we... We just need closure in order to move forward. And I and I understand that. That's just how we're wired. But sometimes we can't get what we're looking for from that other person for a number of reasons. Maybe they're not willing to give that apology. Maybe they're, they're not around anymore. We can't get in touch with them. Maybe we just won't be able to get those answers. So what do we do with that? We, we have to be able to find ways to release, release that relationship. And 
I've talked to people before about a variety of methods that they can use. I mean, sometimes when it comes to that apology that we've been waiting on, maybe it's just a matter of you writing that that apology letter out that you you desired. Okay, you know, this is what I'm seeking, and 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 then releasing that. Or maybe it's, it's writing that letter to that person who hurts you or whatever and just getting it out on paper. And then maybe you send it, maybe you don't. You know, that's something you'd be prayerful about. But um, in doing so, just getting it out and then praying and asking God, God, help me with this. The other thing that I know that I really struggle with is releasing some of the the memorabilia of the, the individuals who I w- was in relationship those pictures, those text messages, who those those songs and all those things, those things that just remind us of the person, you know, and we're just sitting here like, oh, I remember then. And you have those things that just take you back. And those things that remind you of that person slowly but surely is is some of those things where you have to release it. You have to let go because let me say, if you're if you're holding on to this old relationship. And, and, and the door is closed for a reason, right? Like the one thing that I, I've realized is that you always kind of have rose-colored glasses a little bit with those people who you really love. You kind of forget all, all the bad stuff sometimes. You go through a season where you like just think about the good, but there's a reason why that relationship didn't work out. And so saying, okay, I need to close this door because I'm holding on to this old and this is not leaving room for the new that God wants to do in my life. I need to close this door. And so getting getting to the point where you say, okay, I am going to release. I am going to, to let go. God, help me with this. That daily prayer, that daily struggle. Sometimes you got to leave that thing on the altar 50 million times. I know about that. My, my pastor at one point is like, you at the altar again. <laughs> but yes, I need help. I need help releasing. And so we know we know that that is a, a struggle, but you you can, you can release. And so finding closure. And then the last, last two things I want to mention is ask yourself before you get into another relationship, before you jump into another relationship, have you done the necessary work? And by that, I mean, a lot of times people, they jump into relationships and they are really, really looking for someone to make them feel better. And that person is going to be collateral damage to your drama, to your your baggage. I mean, the rebound is not good for that person or you because you have yet to deal with the pain. If you just jump into a relationship, you carrying like Erica Badu, them bags into a new relationship and you ain't unpacked them things yet. You got to see what's in them bags. You got to see what you picked up from that last relationship. Have you picked up bitterness? Have you picked up issues where you have anger? Have you picked up issues where you're struggling with shame, your self-esteem? What is going on in your bags? We have to learn to unpack our baggage and really sit and reflect and also ask ourselves the questions because sometimes the breakup wasn't just the result of the other person. Sometimes, most of the time, it's, you know, a lot of things happen between two people. And so, you want to ask, okay, was there anything that I I did that caused this relationship not to work out? If so, God, show me. Help me, God, forgive me. Show me what I need to change. You know, because you like you don't want to be, listen to me from personal experience. You don't want to be a fragile flower who is just so fragile that when you go into a new relationship, it you just... <laughs> 
you a mess and you want this other person to help get you together. No, they not. You don't want to come into a relationship expecting somebody else to be a savior to you. That's not going to work. And so doing the work yourself ahead of time, how? Well, again, by personal reflection, making sure that you you actually go to someone for counseling. And there's many types of counseling. We offer biblical counseling here through Faith on the Journey, but you can also go to you know a therapist, Christian counselor, whatever, to help you to work through your issues, help you to work through your pain. And so these are things that you have to make sure that you are doing, doing the work to help you heal. Unpack them bags. And so we're going to end there because I'm a little bit over our time, but I appreciate you all. And if you can, again, do me a favor, write in. I need you all to send any questions you have to info at faithonthejourney.org. And I'll be able to read those questions and answer them on the broadcast. Also, if you have not already, I'm asking you to subscribe. You can subscribe at faithonthejourney.org to be a part of our email list and follow us on our social media, on our Instagram page, Facebook page. And this broadcast, if you're someone who likes listening to audio messages, we have a podcast as well. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you can find us everywhere that you, you need to, to make sure that you get this message out. Also, if this message touched your heart, do not be selfish here. Okay. I want you to share it with a friend, tag somebody in this because we all again know how it feels to experience heartbreak. And lastly, but not least, make sure that you get a copy of my book, Breaking the Power of the Mask. This is a book that's going to help you to walk through your healing process. We talk about shame. We talk about unforgiveness. We talk about grief and loss. And we talk about the steps to get you to a point where you are able to heal. So that is it for this episode. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. I love you all. And I look forward to uh, revisiting and continuing this conversation again next week. So until then, you all be blessed and keep your faith on the journey.